In today's show, it's time for Market Watch Monday. We're looking at ranks and ADPs and interesting things that we've seen across the fantasy basketball landscape, including some injury news and a trade that we probably should talk about. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We've done 28 of the team previews. We are going to be doing Wizards at some point this week, and Jazz, we're going to wait until something happens with that team, because there's just no point talking about it when there could be four or five starters changing on that squad, so we'll wait a little bit for that, and then we will get into at some point, probably starting next week, some mini shows, um, looking at fantasy previews of teams, so talking ADPs and busts and sleepers and all that sort of stuff, that'll come more in September, we'll do a mock draft this week, we'll do some shows on rookies, we'll do some shows on setting up for auction drafts, all that stuff is going to come positional tiers, all that stuff will start coming down your feed over the coming weeks. Today, it's the return of Market Watch Monday, um, there's still not much that's changed in a lot of spots, but we do have ADP stuff out from Yahoo, and I want to just talk a little bit about how to make sure we don't get confused with the data that we see on Yahoo. Um, in particular, ESPN, there's just really been no change. That shit's as lazy as anything. Not that Yahoo's not, but we'll talk about that in a second. So, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. When you head into Yahoo... And when you go onto it, it, it's all it's all pretty confusing. You go into you start your league, and you can go onto that screen that says "Edit Pre-Draft Rankings," and you'll see all those names have changed on pre-draft rankings because Yahoo now has, and which can be confusing. You go into a mock draft or a draft room. There's two sets of rankings. They have one that's called their X rank, which stands for Expert Rank. The part that I don't like about that is it's completely non-transparent. Who's doing it? Who are the experts? that are ranking it. What are they basing it on? What format is it based on? We don't know. We have no idea. And that hasn't been updated for three or four weeks. Then they have the other column in those draft rooms, which is called rank, which is based on your settings. So I don't know why you would ever bother with this expert rank when it doesn't, it's non-specific. And we all know that when we're playing a league, number one rule that any fantasy person will tell you is know your settings, know the differences in your league. So what's the point of having an expert rank? But when you head into a Yahoo draft room, the players are sorted by that X rank column. But when you go into before the draft and go into edit my pre-draft rankings, they're listed by rank. So it's important to understand the differences in those two columns. X rank is expert ranking. I don't know who the expert is. I don't know if there's more than one expert. I don't know what they're basing it on. Is it a points league, a roto league, a category league, a nine cat league, an eight cat league? I assume that it's a category league, but I don't know because they've got Jar Morant at 14 and that's not normally a category league rank. So I don't really know what it's based on. So again, understanding, we talk about understanding your league rules, understanding your platform and what information they're putting out there. 
Because when you go to a draft, if you don't adjust anything, they're going to be sitting there at the top of your list based on this X rank, and that's where the players are going to sit. But if you flick it over to the rank column, it's based on a completely different set of factors. And that is based on the projections that Yahoo have in their system. Now, I'm all for projections. You know that. I hate saying, yeah, where do I have it? Josh, why have you got this player ranked at 36? Well, I don't have him sort of ranked there. I project out all the individual categories and then it you know, it all plays out. And as I will say, you know, 36 doesn't necessarily mean better than 39 or worse than 34. It's all differences and values and based on it. So I, I, I like the, the value of projections. I, I know that. I understand that. And getting those individual categories in there is really important when looking at that. But the Yahoo projections are completely bullshit. Now, I, I don't know. Again, it's laziness and it's lack of attention to detail. I don't know why they're do, why they're done this way. ESPNs will be the same when they, eventually their projections come out. They miss so much stuff. And I am not sitting here because, you know, contrary to what some people believe, I will tell you that I'm wrong all the time. I am always going to be wrong on lots of things. I'm going to be right on things, but I'm going to be wrong on things as well because it's impossible to be 100% accurate. It just is. And I'm going to be wrong on stuff all the time. But the way I try to approach this show is trying to reason through why I think something. Why do I think this will happen? What are the reasons? How does this all work together? And there is un- under no circumstance can you say that that has been done with the way that these projections have been presented. First of all, the thing you've got to understand with those, that rank column, which is based on the Yahoo projections, is they are based on totals. So when you go into your league, now I've got my test league set up there on Yahoo, which is a nine category league. Those That rank column is based on totals which I think is, again, a horrible way of being able to value players because you cannot you cannot project injuries. You just can't do it. And if you project someone for 65 games and someone plays 78 games, like it, it makes these guys jump 60 spots in rankings, and it's just an impossible thing to do. You, you can't do it. So that's worth mentioning. So depending on how they project the games played for these guys has a gigantic impact on where they end up ranking on those lists. And again, I, th- I think that's really important to understand the differences or not necessarily the differences, but how they come to these ranking positions. You look at that, you know, just the standard nine cat league, you go in there on their X rank towns is five, but he's listed to three on that rank. Cause they're projecting to play 76 games. Lamello balls projected six. Cause they're projecting to play 78 games. Torres Halliburton's projected eighth. They project him to play 78 games. But on their X rank, Halliburton's ranked 29th. Why? I don't know. I don't know what they're basing it on. Um, but in saying all of that, right, everything has to be balanced. When I do my projections, we look at each team. We have a certain number of games, 82, and there's 240 minutes in every game. We allow a little bit of overage because there are going to be overtime games that give extra minutes, so it's not... It's not just 48 minutes every game. Some games you'll have 53 minutes. Some games you'll have 58 minutes. But you know, we, can't, we, we can't know that. So we give a little bit of overage in minutes. But we try and balance it out so that the team's total minutes equals 82 times 48. Well, actually, it's 240 because you've got five players playing you know, the 48 game minutes. You know what I mean? But 82 times 240 plus a little bit extra. And that's how we balance everybody's minutes. We also balance everybody's shots. It's not like everybody comes into a, a team like, say, Jalen Brunson joining the Knicks. He'll get his 20 shots and Randall gets his 20 shots and then Donovan Mitchell comes, he'll get 25 shots 
and then the team averages 150 points per game. It doesn't happen that way. Everything needs to be balanced. DeJounte Murray and Trey Young come together. The team's not going to average 40 assists per game. They're not going to average 35 assists, so someone, it has to be balanced. But these projections aren't balanced. And I'll tell you how I know they're not balanced is because no rookie has any projections whatsoever apart from, for some unbelievable reason, I don't know what it is, Usman Jeng and Nikola Jovic, your little, little chungus. Paolo Banquero projected for zero games and zero stats. Jabari Smith Jr., he's not projected to play any games either. So when they're looking at the Rockets team, there's a, n- a name sitting there, Jabari Smith Jr., who they just have not included in the rotation. He's not in their, their projections. He's not there. For the Magic, does that mean they're giving extra minutes to Akiki or to Isaac or to um, Franz Wagner or to Wendell Carter? I think they're probably giving them to Mo Bamba because you'll see that he's ranked really highly. Bunkero just doesn't have, doesn't have projections. Like, why? So that's impossible for that to be balanced. But... But, never fear, Carmelo Anthony is projected to play 65 games this season. For who? I don't know. Montrez Harrell is projected to play 60 games. Eric Bledsoe is projected to play 57 games. Miles Bridges is projected to play 40 games. I don't know how any of that balances. Faku Kompato is projected to play 65 games. I think he's in Europe. Carmelo Anthony is projected to hit 113 threes this season. I doubt that'll happen. And... Is that an oversight? Is that just looking at things from last year? This is where I don't understand. Well, you can go, okay, well, it's easy. They've just done it, Josh, and they haven't put the rookies in. Yeah, except they put two of them in. And I gave it four or five days since this data came out to see if it was just something that would be updated, but it hasn't. So they've done no rookies. No rookies that are done, except for Usman Jeng and Nikola Jovic. No idea why. It doesn't make any sense. And then I look at some other guys and go, well, you know, Jamal Murray, the headmaster, he's projected for zero games. Oh, that makes sense, Josh. He didn't play any games last season. Okay. Jonathan Isaac, he's projected for zero games. He's got no projections. All right, okay. So the guys that didn't play last season, they haven't projected. Oh, but that's not true because Kawhi Leonard, the fun guy. I'm a fun guy. (laughs) And Zion Williamson, who didn't play any games, and Ben Simmons, they, they have games projected. So, how are the Nuggets balanced if Jamal Murray has no projections? How are the Magic balanced? I said Isaac before, I shouldn't have. How are the Magic balanced if Isaac and Bunkero have zero projections? This is not me just trying to shit on Yahoo. It's trying to tell you, though, that when you go into a league and go into a draft and look at that X rank column, we don't know what it's based on, or we look at the rank column and understand that it's based on projections that are completely faulty. So, using that information... When we're, when we're getting ready to do a draft or use it, understanding that none of this makes sense. There are, Dwight Howard's projected for 60 games this season. Like, who does he play for? Absolutely nobody. Might he play for someone? Sure. Hassan Whiteside's got 50 games projected, literally plays for nobody. Are they including him in the Jazz projections? I don't know. He doesn't play for them. I don't know what they're doing with it. So those sort of anomalies screw everything up and it makes you have no faith in any of the other projections that are put forward. And I think that's important to note. We'll get through some more rank stuff in a second. Before we do that, though, you know how hard it can be sometimes to control a budget. And if you're saying you need to make one, but you never do it, you just keep missing your credit card payments or you get scared to look at your bank card statements. It's time for you to take back control of your financial life. Meet Rocket Money, formerly Truebill, the favorite financial app 
of so many people. Why did Truebill change its name? It changed it to Rocket Money. Well, this is why. Truebill is now backed by Rocket Companies, number one, but it's grown from just a bill management app into a full-on personal finance empowerment tool that helps over 3.4 million people with budgeting, lowering bills, canceling subscriptions, and more, saving each of their members on average $700 a year. And with all that growth comes the next evolution in Truebill's story. And that's a new name. The bottom line is Rocket Money is everything that you've loved about Truebill with a fresh look and feel. So start canceling your unused subscriptions and save money at rocketmoney.com slash lockedonnba. That's rocketmoney.com slash lockedonnba or download the app from the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Um, okay, so let's look at some rank issues on this. Well, not some rank issues, some things that stand out to me. If you use that rank column versus X rank column, where these guys sit if you are in a nine category league. They've got Bam Adebayo at 10. Seems really, really high to me. I don't see the Bam who, like what what's going to change for him this season versus last season that pushes him as the first round player? Insanity to me. They've got DeJounte Murray at 11. Higher than Trey Young. I think something's off for that projection system. Something's really off with that projection system because there is no circumstance that I would take DeJounte Murray ahead of Trey Young. There just isn't. I don't see how you could. So, like, what's happening there? Why are we... I'm going to have a look here, actually. How, how do they compare Trey Young and... They have, they have DeJounte um, averaging fewer assists than Trey, but projected higher. So, look, that's that's a weird one. There's no doubt. He's at 11. Anthony Edwards is at 12, ahead of Luka Doncic and Kevin Durant, who's at 14, Durant is. That seems really low. But again, they're basing it on the fact of just him missing 17 games, which is possible, but guys like Edwards missing four games and Doncic missing eight games and Halliburton missing four games and Tatum missing five games. Whereas in reality, if those guys play 70 games, then... You don't, Durant's not going at 14. Like, why would you, why would you? Why would you take Durant at 14? Why is Desmond Bain at 16? It's the folly of using totals rankings and including turnovers in rankings, as I will constantly tell you. There's not one person here, I don't think, surely, that's listening or watching this show that would say, yeah, Desmond Bain, early second round, that's a good idea. And the projections, if you even if you buy the projections for Bain, you never would take him there. It, it makes no sense to have him that high. He's not worth that. Trey Young at 20. I had someone tell me they wouldn't take Trey Young till back at the second round. I think that's crazy. I had someone also tell me they wouldn't take James Harden until the end of the second round, which is significantly more crazy. But Trey Young on their X rank is three and on their rank is 20. Like, which one is it? What are you basing it on? I don't know. Mikhail Bridges at 23 because they expect him to miss zero games again. And they're including turnovers in that value. There's no way. Again, does anyone watching this will take uh, Mikhail Bridges in round two? And the answer doesn't do. Oh, I don't have to because his ADP is going to be lower. His ADP, if if they're ranking him at 23, ADPs on Yahoo will start to come in towards that number. His X rank is 74, by the way, which is more in line where he should be. Terry Rogier's at 29. His X ranks at like 68 or something. And he sort of slots somewhere in the middle. But Terry Rogier at 29 doesn't make sense. Devin Vassell's X rank is 260, but his rank is 40. 40 is way too high. 260 is way too low. Just some things, again, that we just need to pay attention to. Would you take Devin Vassell ahead of Kyrie Irving? I wouldn't. 
Irving is a guy that I think is going to be a first-round player on per-game value. I wouldn't, and I'm going to talk about this later, but I, I wouldn't take him in the first round. But at the start of the second, I've got no problem with it. 43 is crazy. Just two spots later than that is Herb Jones and Gary Trent. 45 and 46. It's crazy. You don't take those guys in round four. Bradley Beal's at 48. Would you take Herb Jones ahead of Bradley Beal? Would you take Gary Trent ahead of Bradley Beal? I, I, don't, I don't see how you could. Dorian Finney-Smith's at 55. The follies of turnovers and totals. Dorian Finney-Smith literally shouldn't be drafted in most 12-team leagues. If He might be valued as a 12th-round guy, I think, in most common-sense situations, but the upside is just not non-existent, so you don't draft him. 55? Are you kidding me? Mo Bumber at 63? For Wendell Carter's backup? No. De'Anthony Melton at 74? I love Melton, but what? Pat Connaughton at 99. What? I, I don't understand any of that. What are you projecting these guys to do if you've got them there? None of that makes any sense to me. And there are plenty of other names scattered throughout that rank column, which don't make sense because, again, it's powered by these projections, which are just not balanced. There are too many players missing. There are too many weird things happening, and they are based on the totals which I think is a highly misleading way of viewing the value of players. And I've pointed out plenty there that seem weird. I I hope you find them as weird as I do, because they're they're pretty weird. Let's look at some Yahoo ADP notes, because Yahoo ADP data's come out. But there's not a huge amount of utility in it, because it's just heavily based on the X rank. It's heavily based on that. There are some players who have jumped way up because their X rank is insane, and people have started to adjust that. But these numbers are going to change quite a bit. I'm going to tell you some ones that I find that don't make sense to me in terms of I would take them either way higher or way lower. Harden's at 11. I don't get it. Last year was the fifth or sixth ranked player. I think he's going to be better than that this season. Again, the guy who told me he wouldn't take him until the end of the second round, I, I don't know what to tell you, mate. People, again, can't stress enough. Like, don't worry about turnovers, mate. I think he was 11th even if you included turnovers. Like, you don't take Harden at eleven is a crazy pick to me. I, much higher. Lillard at sixteen, nah, it's got to be higher. Rob Williams at thirty-seven, that's intriguing, because using their rank based on projections, he's fifteenth. Now you don't take him there, but I think you'd probably be okay with taking him mid-second or mid-third round rather than early fourth. Morant at thirteen, so people have seen Jar Morant's X rank at fourteen and said not high enough. I'm going at 13. And in a points league, I actually don't think that's a bad spot. In a category league, there's no way that I would take Jar in the top 20. But it's also, again, a reminder that these ADP numbers, these X-rank numbers, they're format non-specific. So guys like Morant, and you'll see on this list, Wiggins at 69, they're massive points league guys, but not category league players. But they appear on that list so that when you're in a category league draft, people will just take them there, even if they fall 30, 40 spots behind that number. I highlighted earlier that Rogier was 29th, but his ADP is 64th. I think that's actually too low for him. Ben Simmons is at 86. I know people will have some risk with him, but once we get into the 60s of drafts, I'd, I'd be sort of okay with considering him there. But I thought his number at 86 was interesting. 
Devin Vassell's at 119. He's ranked in the 260s. So people have definitely brought him in, but they're taking him with like last couple of round picks. He's a top 100 guy. I feel really confident about that. The delicate dancer, Alperen Sengun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. He's ranked like 160th. He's, so he's X-ranked 160th. He's ranked at about 60, but his ADP's at 110. That'll start to come in. Now, I this is going to be one of those ones, and I think it's going to be the same with Vassal and with Keldon Johnson, where I'm telling you now that they are ranked way too low. But it's going to come to a situation where Yahoo does their X-rank update, and Vassal's going to be 50, and Shengun's going to be 40. And then I'm going to be like, okay, these guys I had as sleepers, but they are no longer sleepers. And then it's going to get to the stage where people just go, well, Shangun was said to be a sleeper, so I've got to get him. And then people start going third round and fourth round for these guys when you, that loses all value. If you can get these guys in round nine or round 10 or round eight, then it's fantastic value. But once Yahoo does it and they're going to adjust Vas- Vassal, Shangun, and Keldon Johnson so much, they're going to be bumped up significantly and Franz Wagner significantly. And they're going to put them in the 50s or 60s and the value is gone. It's eliminated. Therefore, they don't become sleepers. They don't become must-grab players. They become guys that sort of sit in the right range with an element of risk associated with them. Wagner's at 122. He's ranked in the 260s as well. It's ridiculous. He should be in the 70s. But that'll, that'll adjust. Brandon Clark at 115. I think he's a top 100 sort of player. Randall at 53 is too high. I don't know why he would bother, but again, it's a points league category mish. Mishmash. That's what I'm trying to say. Pick a lane. And that's why X rank and this ADP data can get so confusing. Isaiah Jackson's at 140. I highlight that because I think he's going to absolutely blow up. I think he's going to be a top 60 player, and then I would never draft him top 60. But I like being able to get him late. Same with Nick Claxton. I think, you know, I don't think Claxton's going to be our 35-minute night center, but their centers are Claxton and Dayron Sharp, and, and that is it. They'll play some with Simmons at center. They'll play some with Durant. But Claxton's going to play minutes, and I think that's a great spot. Wiggins at 69. I mean, sure. You don't take him there unless it's a points league. And the one I want to really talk about here is Russell Westbrook at 76. I would not draft Russell Westbrook at all. Now, this is why. The Lakers made this trade for Patrick Beverly. we're going to talk about in a second. They traded for Beverly, right? And now the report's coming from Jovan Buha of The Athletic saying that the Lakers are just not likely to have Westbrook on the roster or, or on the active roster or in training camp, either through a trade or they're just going to say, you're going to get John Wald and you're going to get sent home. There is a significant chance that Westbrook does not play this season because these are the, these are the things that I see with him. Somehow they, they make amends and he plays for the Lakers. 1% chance of happening in my mind. The Lakers don't find a trade and they just say, well, it's actually better for us that he just doesn't, he's not around the team and we don't play him. So zero games, zero minutes. They find a trade and send Westbrook out. Maybe it's to the Pacers and Buddy Hield and Miles Turner, whatever that deal is, yeah? Are the Pacers going to play Russell Westbrook? Or are they going to tell him to go home? Or are they going to buy him out? And if they do buy him out, who's signing him and playing him to a big role? Who's going, yeah, man, Russell Westbrook, man, I'm so glad he's available. Can you come in, Russ, and play 34 minutes a night and don't disrupt our culture? Which team is doing that? And I sit here and think about it. I don't know who it is. I don't know what team that is. The Spurs need a point guard, but are they bringing in Russell Westbrook to be their starting point guard? Almost no chance. So I, I, t- wasting a top 100 pick on Russell Westbrook would seem like one of the dumbest things I think you could do at, at this point. I don't see a path for him to be a 30-minute-a-night-plus starter at this stage. I, I don't see it. I don't know how it happens. It's, I don't think it's happening on the Lakers. I don't think a team that trades for him is trading for him so they can play him. 
And if they buy him out, who's signing him to play that role? I don't see where it is. Hey, if you if you have an idea, can you please please drop it in the comments because maybe I'm missing something. I don't see what team wants him. I think there is a greater chance of Russell Westbrook playing zero minutes this season than there is of him exceeding 32 minutes a game. Maybe that's me being outrageous. I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't see it. Let's have a look at some of the things that I've changed in my rankings over at Basketball Monster. Just some players who I've adjusted over the last week and some of the biggest ups and downs. Beverly's gone up 62 spots. I expect that he starts for the Lakers and plays 27, 28 minutes a night and becomes a late-round draftable player, I think now. Whether he's, whether they do, in fact, start Westbrook, I don't think they do, but I think there's a chance that Beverly starts next to Westbrook or in place of Westbrook. I think him at the... The way things were on Utah, he was behind Conley and Mitchell, and then maybe there was Quickly or Grimes or whatever coming in. I didn't know where he fit on that team, but now I do. And he's bumped up a lot. Dayron Sharp, I bumped up 38 spots. I bumped up Fournier, 36. I had him down pretty low, but then like talking to some Knicks guys and yeah, they probably still are going to give him too many minutes. So I've bumped him up. I've bumped up Rui Hachimura a few spots. Not that I think he's a 12-team draftable player, but they just have so heavily invested in him when he's really not that good that I think they're going to give him more minutes than I initially projected. I've bumped Darius Baisley up 34 and Poku's gone up as well and Robinson Earl's gone up with Chet Holmgren out. I don't think that Robinson Earl or Baisley or Holmgren, no, not Holmgren, or Poku or Wiggins or any of those guys are 12-team draftable players though. I've dropped Duncan Robinson down 50 spots. I'm not sure where, he's, I'm not sure where the value is for him. I've dropped Kendrick Nunn down 29 spots because Patrick Beverly, I think, is going to cut into his playing time. None might change that somewhere. I'm, I'm just, I just don't like him as a player. And I've dropped Austin Reeves down 25 spots as well with the addition of Beverly. Um, but that's still... The Lakers stuff is interesting with Nunn and Reeves because I don't know how to balance Westbrook in there. And if I take Westbrook out of that rotation entirely, which I might do, I don't know how I'm going to do that yet, that'll impact Nunn and Reeves somewhat uh, in those numbers. There's been no change in the Yahoo and ESPN ranks. They haven't adjusted them at all in their X-Rank Yahoo. Um, but let's cover quickly off some news before we go and get out of here. Holmgren done for the year, as I said. Again, I think we get Baisley, Poku, Wiggins, Robinson Earl, maybe Pig Williams stepping up, but I wouldn't draft any of those guys. If you want to take a flyer on someone, it's probably Poku with your last round pick in a 12-teamer, but I don't really see it. I, th- I think it's going to be like last season where Poku and Baisley and Robinson Earl sort of just fought for scraps. And were more 16, maybe 14 team league players. Um, as for Holmgren, in a dynasty rookie draft, this is an injury which is bad. Obviously, it's costing this season. And I, I don't think it's going to impact him long-term, personally. I don't think that it was anything to do with him being skinny, that he tore a ligament in his foot. I don't I don't think this means he's going to just you know, be Greg Oden or Yao Ming. Hey, if he's Yao Ming, it's awesome. You know, five-time All-NBA or whatever he was. I don't think this ruins his career. If I'm in the position of in a dynasty rookie draft and I'm picking at number one, you know what that means? It means my team's terrible, most likely. So if my team's terrible anyway, I might as well take Chet Holmgren, be terrible again, and then be able to pair Chet and Victor together the following year. All right. So yes, I could get Paolo with pick one. I just think that Chet's upside is top 10. I think Paolo's is maybe top 25, top 30. Maybe. I think Chet's got his unbelievable fantasy skill set that I would still consider him at one. In a startup draft, taking Chet means you have to go early and it's probably going to mean you're non-competitive for year one. But I think he's still got to, he's got to go top 40 in a startup draft. 
Does this mean the Thunder are going to be shutting down Shea as soon as it hits February? Well, they didn't last season. So I don't know whether they do this year. I, there is a level, a little bit more of a level of caution with the Thunder guys. But I think if you end your season on March 19th, you'll generally escape most of the shenanigans that goes on. That's, that's the general rule in fantasy. If you end it around then, the bullshit happens from like the 25th of March onwards usually for those last two to three weeks of the season. So if you end it on the 19th, you're generally okay. So I wouldn't be 100% avoiding Giddy or Shea or you know, Dort can be avoided for other reasons. But you know, I think you're, you're taking your Dorts or your Jalen Williams, um, the good one towards the end of a draft. Yeah, it's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Um, Lakers said trade for Pat Beverly. So they send Stanley Johnson and Horton Tucker to Utah. Talked about the Beverly side of things. Horton Tucker, it's hard again. The Jazz, I don't know. At this point, Horton Tucker's a 20-minute-a-night bench player in Utah because Conley, Mitchell, Bogdanovich, Clarkson, they're all still there. Now, they might not be, but even, yeah, even if they are traded, I don't know if they're going to be traded for thin air. Oh, Malik Beasley's also there as well. They're not necessarily going to be traded for thin air. If Mitchell's traded, maybe quickly and Toppin and Grimes all come back. And that still leaves Horton Tucker on the bench. He's absolutely fine if you are drafting now. You shouldn't be. But if you are drafting now, he's fine to take with your last pick to see what happens. But it is far from a guarantee that he's got, you know, they're unlocking him and giving him the keys and they'll let everything run through. I don't think that's the case at this stage at all. Gary Harris and the Italian cock, Danilo Gallinari. Where's my sound bite for him? Hands off my cock! Both have torn their meniscus. We don't know how long this recovery is. You could tear your meniscus like Jaron Jackson or Colin Sexton and be out a whole year or a whole season. You could tear your meniscus and be out eight weeks. I think it's safe to say that both Harris and Gallinari will miss the beginning of the season and best case scenario is returning mid-November. Not that you're drafting these guys, but Gallinari's absence helps a little bit with um, Grant Williams. Gary Harris's absence helps a little bit with Jalen Suggs. It helps a little bit with Cole Anthony. So instead of like a four-man guard rotation with Fultz, Anthony, Suggs, and Harris, it becomes more of a three-man rotation with maybe a little bit of RJ Hampton getting 10 minutes or so in there. But it might be one or two extra minutes for Cole, one or two extra minutes for Suggs, one or two extra minutes for Terrence Ross, one or two extra minutes for Chumura Kiki. I think, the, again, I really like Suggs as a late-round flyer player, and this helps boost him up somewhat. It's not going to be a gigantic change, though. But Harris would probably get 20, 21 minutes a night. And this is going to allow Suggs to start opening night, and then hopefully he doesn't cede that position as we move forward. And he should, I think, minimum get 30, maybe 31, 32. But there was a thought when I talked to Phil from Locked on Magic that they'd start Gary Harris over Suggs just to give some stability. They're not going to have that option now. So that helps Suggs' overall upside, I believe. And that... We'll do it for me today. Don't forget, you can follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. I might do a mock draft tomorrow. I'm not sure yet. Stay tuned. Stay tuned on Twitter because I'll announce it there and I'll get people in. That's where you need to follow me. But you can also see this podcast, you know, we, all those places. But on YouTube as well, you can thumb it up and drop those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.